Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of 30, Flirty, and Surviving. I am Tracy, as always. Um, If you are just tuning in for the first time, all of our new episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Apple, and I think that's it. Maybe If you find them anywhere else, let me know. Um, and then everything else going on with the show is on Instagram at 30FlirtySurviving. Um, I appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in and listening. And if you have the time, if you wouldn't mind liking, rating, subscribing, commenting, sharing, sending it to your bestie, um, that would be greatly appreciated. So today... I have a very um, special guest joining me, um, but I want to give you guys a little bit of background. So being the Italian that I am, growing up, every holiday, every party, every family gathering, we had antipasto. So it's sort of in my blood to enjoy cured meats and cheeses. However, over the last couple of years, there's been this craze of the charcuterie board. It's much more sophisticated than my mother pulling out re- roasted red peppers out of a can. Um, but it is just, it's an easy, quick, like elevated snack or munchie to have at your girls' nights in, bachelorettes, corporate events, whatever. Um, and it's really taken off and people love it. Um, But there's an art to it, too, and there's some sort of science to how you pair things and how you prepare or organize it. So there's a lot you need to know. And thankfully, because of that, we have Boards by Mo, a.k.a. Monisha, here (laughs) with us today to describe a little bit all about the business and some do's and don'ts when preparing. So thank you so much for joining us and being here today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And now I feel a lot of pressure because you grew up (laughs) with cured meats and cheeses your whole life. My whole life, my whole life. Um, But... I mean, believe me, I I am the one who is like humbled now. I mean, <laughs> you have done so much in a relatively short period of time. Um, if you guys are not familiar with her on Instagram, it's at Boards by Mo. Um, I think you have like over 67,000 followers. So if you're not familiar with her, I'd be really surprised. <laughs> you must live under a rock. Um, and then tell me again, what is the website? It's just www.boardsbymo.com. Yeah, just, okay. that's it. Awesome. Um, I am going to ask you a bunch of different questions about being not only just a business owner, but a female business owner. Um, Of course, your do's and don'ts of charcuterie. Um, But before I do, I like to ask a couple little icebreakers, if you don't mind, a couple little basic questions. Um, First and foremost, where are you from originally? Did you grow up in the Boston area? I did not. I'm from Texas. So oh, I was Southern actually, Bell. yeah, I was born in Mississippi Okay, and I moved to Texas when I was, I think five or six and I grew up there and actually just moved to Boston four years ago on a complete wow. whim. Um, my husband and I were two bottles of wine in and Stop. we spun around in a drunken circle and we pointed at a place on a map and we pointed at Boston and then we quit our jobs and then we moved here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Wait, you guys, 
I did not know this. I've been asking this question to the last couple of guests just to like understand their familiarity with Boston. I am so glad. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. It was wild and everyone thought we were crazy. Our families are in Texas. All our friends are in Texas. We did not know a single person here when we made that decision. And we just were like, you know what? Let's just try something different. We have lived here our whole lives. And at the time we were dating. We're married now, but we were dating. We were like, let's just go do something like us too. And the thought was we would do it for one year and then we would move back and just say, you know, we did Boston. And now it's four years later and we're like, we love this place. We're never going anywhere. Oh my God. Well, we are so happy to have you. (laughs) Thank you for choosing for your little spidey senses, just (laughs) landing on this city. I know. Um, And you've really taken the city by storm. You've done a lot with your time here in the last couple of years. Completely unexpected. None of this was planned, but you know what? Sometimes it just happens that way and it works out the way it's supposed to. That is so cool. That is for sure going to be a story like at any party, family, like I like any social event. That is such a cool conversation starter. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. Well, a couple of my other questions were going to be um, your relationship status. We covered that. You're married. Yep. Perfect. Um, do you know your zodiac sign? <laughs> I do. I'm a Taurus. Okay. Yep. You know what? I've had a couple of Tauruses on lately. Um, do you know your like rising or you know, any of that? I don't. Not a huge <sighs> astrology buff. I'm not, but I recently got into the whole like Enneagram thing, and I think that that's oh. what I've really been like researching and looking yeah. into because it. It's so crazy to me how spot on it is. But I haven't got too much into the zodiac signs or anything like that. I just know I'm a Taurus, and apparently I fit the bill really okay. well with how stubborn and hard I was say, I feel like the most common characteristic is stubbornness. Yes, I've heard. Headstrong. Okay, so yeah. you identify with it. Yeah. That's great. Um, if you're comfortable, would you share your age as well? Yeah, I'm 33. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then last but certainly not least, doors or wheels? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I need to know. So here's the thing. I feel like my instinct was to go towards doors because I started thinking about like cabinets and like mm-hmm. I just started thinking about all the different things. But then I started thinking about like, I don't know. I, there just has to be more wheels. They're just like, think about carts in a grocery store. There's like six doors in a grocery store, but there's like a million carts and each of those has four. It has to be, it has to be wheels. I'm torn. Okay. I was doors. Then I went wheels and I'm back to doors Okay, because someone was just like Tracy skyscrapers. Like sure Mm. there's grocery carts, but like think of how many offices or doors are on one floor of like 133 story building. Okay, but like <laughs> gears, gears are technically wheels. Someone told me they were not, but I counted that as well. I think they are. Okay, thank you. I think they are. I think it's wheels. Okay, okay. Well, okay. you know what? The we'll verdict is still out. out. Right. I did see a Google search. Someone said there was like 40 billion doors and 10 billion wheels so but who knows if that's accurate like where do they who yeah who did that and i saw and where do they come up with that information exactly what give me <laughs> i need i the need proof of your analysis yeah, i'm sorry i don't believe yeah. that i'm like hot wheels little toy mm-hmm. cars 
Come on. I know. All my friends have children, and that was their first argument. They were like, if you look around our house right now and all of yeah. the kids' toys that are all over the floor, every single one of them has wheels. And then I was like, but do they also have doors? If they're cars, they That's have doors. That's true. You know, we could, we could probably spend we could, the whole yeah, 45 yeah, minutes okay, on this. Let's move on. <laughs> I am with you. Wheels. Okay. So um, I have obviously alluded to what Boards by Mo is because we talked a little bit about charcuterie. Um, clearly, you're an expert in the space, but um, I would love to start off by just giving everyone at home um, an, an like little picture of what it is from your perspective, just sort of what you guys offer and the, you know how it came to be, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's so crazy because it was almost two years ago, but it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was it was the very beginning of the pandemic and I was going crazy in my house. Like I had so much free time that I wasn't used to having and I just wanted to do like I needed to do something. And I also was like looking around. And I was like, okay, the world is a really scary yeah. place right now. And there's people who are working really hard. And I'm just sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Like I can't find a good use of my time. And my work had said like everyone's working from home. So it was just a weird time. Um, so this all started because I, I started making these little like snack platters and cheese platters and little home cooked meals for the medical staff and dropping them off at hospitals for free. And I was just like, okay, they're working crazy hours. Like uh, this is the least I can do is just, you know, drop something off um, to hopefully make their lives a little bit easier right now. And that just spun into those same people reaching out and saying, hey, like, can I actually buy one of these off of you? I'm sick of going, or I'm sick of cooking. I can't go out to eat anymore. This is just like a nice alternative. And I didn't do anything about it for a couple of months because I never intended for this to turn into a business. And I was just waiting to go back to the office. Like, yeah. I, I work at HubSpot. I'm in sales. I was just waiting for us to be able to go back and I can get back onto my, like, daily routine. Um, so I didn't do anything about it for two months. And then when I realized that this was really becoming something that people were mm -hmm. asking for, and there was like a bigger demand than I ever anticipated. I was like, okay, let me just do like a couple and see how yeah. it goes. And then a couple turned into a, like a promo that I did one weekend and that blew up. And so basically what it is or how it started was just charcuterie boards delivered to your door. Local around the Boston area, you could order like a date night board or maybe gift it to somebody if you were missing their birthday because of the pandemic or whatever it was. Um, and that's just how it started. It's it has now spun into so many other things. Yeah. And I have employees now, which is crazy. I didn't expect that to happen. So it's definitely grown. But that's how it started. And that's all I thought it was ever going to be. And then it just... Yeah. I mean, first of all, so impressive. Second of all, I mean, the fact that you, well, most of us were like, cool, I can start drinking at like 4 p.m. because I'm Okay, cold. I did that too. Come on. <laughs> You're like, I need to stay busy. I need to be productive. And then not only did you take that sort of itch to not just sit on your couch into something that was good or that could be profitable one day you also were you started off by giving back and like to, to our health care workers so a big kudos to you um and a thank you for that because they definitely deserve it um and look at your good deed <laughs> i know turned I mean, into all this they were working such crazy hours and i was like okay yeah. what there has to be like something that can be done yeah um, and they're still you know it hasn't it's gotten maybe a little bit better for them in the sense of 
the craziness, yeah. but they're still in the forefront. They're still doing all of that. They so. absolutely are. Absolutely are. Okay, so sort of just to like reiterate, you started off as a one-woman show. Now you have at least three employees. Yeah, I have two that are with me like all the time, and mm-hmm. then I am basically – Um, I have one that helps me out from time to time, and I'm hiring a couple of more right now. Wow. And everything is e-com, right? And in terms of offerings, there are – I'm going to make sure I say all this right. You do snack boxes, Mm -hmm. snack cups, trays, which range in size. So you can get one that's, like, small for you and your girlfriends or an extra large tray. It could be a bridal shower, corporate event, whatever. And then you also do even curated grazing tables. Yeah, that's those are the fun ones. I mean, that must be – I see those TikToks of, like, people just put parchment paper over their entire kitchen island and then make a charcuterie board. Have you seen the girl who started putting, like, pasta sauce, though, and then putting, like – it's disgusting. It's I like don't know cold, how I feel about that. It was like cold pasta sauce, and then she was dumped a whole thing of pasta on top, and then they really it, just, it looked disgusting. Anyway, that's not what you're. Okay, talking well, about. that's definitely not what you do. No. Let's clarify. You're the opposite of that. Um, but it's really grown into something pretty amazing, and it's very curated or scalable based on what the person's looking for. And also, if you don't mind me saying, just to speak to how successful this has really been you shared with me when you and I were chatting prior to this that within the first nine months I want to make sure I say this right you had already uh, you made your first six figures yes from the business in revenue it was insane I mean that's unprecedented like that where do you see that it was wild and I think people were really itching for something different like this was kind of a getaway from everything that was going on and it just blew up and then the other part Mm -hmm. so there were those offerings and people were definitely ordering those but a huge part of getting to that number was virtual classes because at that time Mm. everybody was working from home and people were traveling around they still needed to do like a team event or a team outing or some type of team bonding so we started getting a lot of requests for virtual classes and people were saying hey can we can you send us a grocery list or send us the ingredients and then can you teach us how to do this and that turned into like four or five classes a week of and I had that's when I hired my first person Hannah and she still manages all the virtual but that was a huge part of getting to that number is we had to pivot and we had to adapt to what our customers were asking and because of the circumstance we were in it was hey we got to go virtual yeah like we have to figure out a way to keep the team together. Um, and that was like a huge, huge part of it still is. And it was it was amazing. Okay. Also, this just like clearly you were made to be a businesswoman. How many people are already pivoting within the first nine months, right? <laughs> like what their model is or what their offer, what their offerings are, their structure. Like you just you clearly have a knack for what is trending by even picking this sort of niche. But then you also have a real great grasp on the on the market and knowing what people need and, and listening to what they're asking for and being able to accommodate that. I mean, that's like very instinctual. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, I think, and I, I think this for any industry, but 
when you have to run a company or you have to figure mm-hmm. out how to keep your company going during a pandemic where there are a million constraints, yeah. you don't have a store people can walk into, you don't get to see these people face to face, you really just have to figure out how to make it survive. Yes. And the only way to do that is to listen to your customers. Right. It's to ask them what they want, ask them what they need, and then take that and actually turn it into a product. So at the beginning when everyone was asking, hey, can we do a virtual class? I was having to say no because I physically didn't have the time. I was still working my nine to five. I was trying to do this on the side. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find extra hours in the day to like get on Zoom and still be presentable and still be on after working eight hours. Um, And that's when I was like, okay, I can't keep saying no because I'm giving up a huge opportunity. But if I can't do it myself, then I have to figure out how to do it. So I hired Hannah. She actually reached out to me in the Boston Business Women's Group mm-hmm. on Facebook. And she was like, hey, I've been following your Instagram account. Love what you're doing. I actually just got laid off. Um, if you're looking for, like, extra help on the side, like, let me know. And I was like, okay, well, what do you do? And she's like, I do these type of virtual classes. I was like, oh. Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> Done. I was like, this Say is no it. More. This was like, I don't know how this happened. And at The timing was insane, but it worked out so well. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Speaking of Boston business women, Mm -hmm. you were also featured in Boston Business Journal's 40 Under 40 last year, which again, I mean, we've talked about what you guys are are grossing and what your business sense is. It makes absolute sense to me why you would have been chosen for that. But what was that like for you? Um, cause you were, you're still working your nine to five, right? Right. You're, you've always been, you, has it always been in like tech or software sales? Always in sales, but this is the first software sales position I've had. And did you ever have any prior experience to owning your own business? No, no. So like this was all self-taught, all self-made. And then all of a sudden you're on a list like that. I mean, what, what was that like for you? How did that feel? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm really bad with imposter syndrome and I, I'm not kidding. When this happened, I, I told my family about it. I told a few people who like obviously saw it and messaged me, Mm -hmm. but I did not talk about it for like two months. I, I felt legitimately embarrassed to be on that list because the person above me (laughs) was like, Oh, I created a foundation to like save lives in Africa. And then the person below me was like, I created AI technology to improve water quality. And I was like, I put cheese on plates. I literally styled dairy. And why am I here? <laughs> Tear up. I, I literally did not talk about it. I posted about it one time and I was just like, you know what? I don't even want to, I don't know why this is like embarrassing me more than it's making me feel good in this moment. So I'm just going to move on and I'm going to just keep working. And then a couple of months later, I was like, I just did something really cool and I ignored it. I like yeah. ignored it. And I, if my friend was in that situation, I would be like, bitch, what are you Hell doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And I was like, then I was kind of mad at myself. So I was like, okay, I can't keep doing that. Like I you. did do something really cool. I should be proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can style dairy really well on plates <laughs> while someone cures cancer yeah, in another country. Better than anybody but else. You know what? I still did it. So. I mean, listen, the criteria is not solving like world peace. Right. But 
they, and also, like, if they didn't think that you deserved it based on your own merit, they wouldn't be offering that to you. Totally. So I'm very glad that you had the change of heart <laughs> and were able to acknowledge it. I understand it's difficult sometimes, but it is very much well-deserved. So congratulations for that. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you, speaking of styling cheese, some <laughs> of the basic questions about, like, the business concept. So we already talked about products are available for online purchase. They're not right now at any, like, brick-and-mortar location, Not correct? at the moment. Okay. Anything you want to <laughs> share on that front? Not you at look, the moment. Okay. Okay. Um, how far in advance do people need to order online? Like 24 hours. Oh, hot damn. That's yeah. nice and easy. We're, so we do everything day of, but we don't need like a ton of lead time just because we just add it on to the order. Yeah. And we have a delivery team, so we basically just put it on their route nice. and it makes it a lot easier. Okay, love that. Um, do you personally have a favorite meat and or cheese? Hmm. Um, you know, it's hard when I just feel like I'm surrounded by meat and cheese all day. Um, <laughs> They're all good. I love like a good baked brie. Like <gasps> You're with, speaking my love uh, language. With like a fruity jam or compote on top with like walnuts and it's just like ooey and gooey and then you have like a flatbread and you're oh, so good. That's probably my favorite. Obviously with a glass of wine, although I'm on day 30 of no drinking. Today's the last day. Um, Did you just do like a like a yeah. sober, dry February, March yeah, situation? Like just, just 30 February days. Is, yeah, 30 days, I guess. Um, wow. And every time I like look at this cheese, I'm like, I just want a tall glass of wine with that. But um, tomorrow. It just helps it go down that I much know. better, you know? So that's probably my favorite cheese. And then salami is like an all-time favorite, but anything spicy. Like yes. a spicy salami with any type of cheese, honestly. Okay, those literally would have been my two exact same yeah. answers. <laughs> I love that. Um, I obviously would highly recommend anyone listening to take a virtual class. So I don't want to give all of the secrets away, but maybe like quickly – if it was an, a newbie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if she grew up like me and her mom pulled olives out of a jar and, like, cut up some stinky provolone cheese <laughs> and super sata, like, didn't really know what she was doing. Right. Do you have a suggestion for a rookie coming into this about either what tend to be crowd favorites or how to pair things appropriately yeah. on a bar? Yeah, so I think, like, one of my favorite things about, like, a cheese board or a charcuterie board is that it can literally feed a huge group of people because there's so much variety. So my first thing would be add a ton of variety. So if you're doing three cheeses, do, like, one soft cheese, one hard cheese, one spreadable cheese. Like, have just a variety of different textures, consistencies, types of cheeses. Same with the meat. Um, and then I just go with, like, a lot of what I like too. Yeah. So I go heavy fruits. I do a lot of like salty nuts on there as well. Lots of good jams and compotes. Mm -hmm. I just really like to have a ton of variety, but also I, like a lot of different flavors kind of spread mm -hmm. up around the board. Um, so I think that's the main thing. And then I love when I'm actually organizing it and like arranging it, I love to color coordinate it a little bit. So like if I have I blueberries up on the top and I'll put like blackberries down at the bottom. So they're not all like Smart. jumbled together and like, you know, strawberries on one side, raspberries like opposite yeah. of it. So your eyes are kind of being pulled in the different directions, but it's aesthetically pleasing too. Yes, like that's the difference. I feel, I feel like it's not just the science of what, 
flavors yeah. go together. It's also the art of how everything looks. Totally. And I think, I mean, you definitely have to have a good combination of both, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just put a bunch of random stuff on a board yeah. and be like, here you go. Like, it still needs to taste good together, but you also want it to, like, look beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that's why people are so drawn to this, because they see it. They're like, that would be great for my party, or that would be a great, like, you know, talking yeah. point, you know, at this dinner or whatever it is, because it is just so pleasing to the eye. It's so true. Um, and also, like, it's, like you said, it's a great way to have a little bit of everything. It's also not the most complicated in terms of, like, preparation, totally. right? Like, I mean, yes, you want to know what you're doing and which pieces to choose but like a lot of times it's just cutting up a piece like or you know but it's you can easily do it in an hour right beforehand so it's nice to be able to just have each of those things on hand and pull it together but if you have the resources to know Totally. And honestly, you can just open your pantry or open your fridge and find some of your favorite items and add them to the meat and cheese. And it's like perfect. I love it. Okay. Moving on to becoming a business owner. So you mentioned that um, this was your first go at it. This was something that was sort of unfamiliar to you. Um, What has it been like so far? I mean, have there been challenges, hiccups, things that you didn't expect? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Has it been a roller coaster? Um, yeah, this it, this is such a journey. So my husband is an entrepreneur. He mm-hmm. has a startup now. He started it when he moved to Boston. He was part of Techstars here. So I've watched him go through this process. Okay. And I was like, ew, that looks awful. Like, you are up at 3 in the morning. You're always stressed. Like, you're constantly trying to figure out how to raise money. Like, all there's all this stuff going on. He's so successful. His company's amazing. He works so hard. But, like, seeing it, I'm like, that does not look fun. Yeah, none of that's appealing Mm -mm. to me. I'm totally happy at my well-oiled machine where I have processes. And, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing every day. And that's always been my mindset. Um, I love routine. And I just never thought that this would be something I could even be good at because that is how my mind has always operated. Um, So this has definitely been a challenge, mainly because I'm not just... I'm like the owner of the company. I do everything. Like it's everything. If someone has an issue, oh, I'm customer service. If an invoice needs to go out, I'm billing. If inventory is out, I have to do that. So it's really taken a long time for me to manage my stress levels with that Um, and also just be okay with I might not have the answer and I might not do this correctly the first time and that's okay yeah Um, I'm not very good at admitting when I'm wrong or or like admitting that I don't know how to do it's the Taurus in you it really is. <laughs> um, like, if I don't know how to do something, I will bullshit my way through it. But I can't when it's my own company. Yeah. I feel like, oh, no, I actually have to figure this out. Um, so that's taken a little bit of uh, adapting in my mm-hmm. life. There have definitely been challenges. I've definitely tried to shut this down multiple times, more times than I can count. Um, or I've just come home and said, you know what? This was fun while it lasted. I- Here's this gold mine that I'm sitting on. <laughs> Let me just get rid of it. That's what my husband says all the time. <gasps> he's like, you. He, he literally tells me, he's like, you've overcome the first obstacle, which is, will people 
actually buy something from you? Like, do you have a product that people are actually willing to spend money on? Mm -hmm. Your answer is already yes. So why would you throw that away now? That doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, because I'm so tired. (laughs) He's like, go take a nap. Okay, wake up. Get get this thing going. Um, I'm very lucky to have him because he does push me in the way that I need to because he's gone through it. Right. Um, Which is always like my biggest piece of advice for people that are starting companies. It's like surround yourself with someone who's actually done it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't take advice from your mom. Like, not to be rude, but like, (laughs) they don't know the ins and outs of some of the stress levels. And so it's always better to like have somebody that is motivating you that's actually gone through the situation. So, um, still working through all the challenges, all the struggles, but it gets easier when. I have Hannah or I have Lisa mm-hmm. or, you know, I have a support system or whatever that is to bounce ideas off of. It, it does make it easier, but um, it is it is tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, a, it's so true because regardless of how much it's grown and been successful, it's still, at the end of the day, a small business. Yeah. And what people don't understand is that on the back end, there's not 900 people running around seven different departments. I mean, it's you and two people, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it, it really is when you're working nine to five, you're married, you have a home to take care of, like you have a whole life outside of it. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, but I imagine most days when you don't want to pull your hair out, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it is worth it regardless. Um, but it is just sometimes I do need to take a step back and mm-hmm. say, you know what? I need to shut down orders for this yeah. weekend or I need to take like one day off or take a vacation or a staycation or whatever it might be. Because at the end of the day, when it stops being fun and you're just so stressed out all the time, like then what are you doing it for? Right. Yeah. So I have to be very cognizant of taking little breaks and just, you know, putting my phone down for a day. Mm-hmm. That's always helpful since so much of what I do is on social media. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I just need to, let's put this away for a second. It's so true. Isn't it funny? Like I used to work in PR and um, marketing. And so for me, when I was doing social media for my clients all the time, it sucked all the fun out of it. E- even though it wasn't mine, like I didn't even care to scroll on my own feed because my whole day was, did I post at this time? Did I put up a story? Am I engaging with people? Am I answering questions? Am I checking up the DMs? It's like a full-time job, social media. It It, truly is. Sometimes you just need to have like a no phone day. I I could not agree more. And like, I, so at HubSpot, I'm in sales and I deal with a lot of evaluations with marketing teams. And sometimes I'll talk to them and they'll be like, oh yeah, we have three people working social media. And I'm like, oh, can I have one? Can I, can I have just Sharing one of them? is caring. Yeah, that would be great. And like, it's, you're constantly like having to think about new ways to engage and mm-hmm. keep however many followers like entertained with what you're posting. And yeah. like, I'm like, oh, God, this is just, I, let's just put this away for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So I like I like that you take breaks. I have a couple um, questions from Instagram. I had I had told my um, listeners that you would be joining. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that I got specifically for you was, what is the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make mm. to get where you are today? Oh, um, that's a great question. And... I think it's travel. Mm. So before this, okay, so I think this is in any food service or hospitality type industry, but the busiest times for us are weekends, holidays, 
like major events. And that's when I want to be traveling or being with family, being with friends. And now it's like, oh, okay, so it's July 4th. Guess what I'm doing? I'm in the kitchen. And so I think I gave up a lot of personal life with this. And it's okay. I'm, I'm, it's fine. It's not a long-term thing. I know eventually I'll have a bigger team and I can – you know, delegate some of that out. But my husband and I used to travel every weekend, of course, pre-COVID, but we were going everywhere all the time. We've been to so many countries together. And now I have to make a very conscious decision. Like if we're traveling and we're making these memories and having these experiences, I am disappointing my customers and my, I have to shut down for a weekend and whatever that is. And that, I know it sounds weird, but that has been so hard for me to wrap my head around. I've had to say no to so many things like friend trips or birthdays. And I feel so guilty, but I'm like, this is temporary. I just need to get through the beginning stages of this company until I have that team. Um, But that's been a a really big sacrifice and something Mm -hmm. that my husband and I've actively had to like sit down and have discussions about because he's like, I really want to go. And I'm like, you can, but I can't. Like this is when my customers want to order from me. So it's been really tough. That is such a good point. And it's difficult too when you're just starting off. I mean, now you're you're almost officially two years deep into this, but still relatively new, right? And so like what is your equity in the market? Are there other competitors? Like, because that's the thing too, is there's such thing as brand loyalty where you can take a weekend off and people are still going to come to you. But if you're new and -and so-and-so's open that weekend, if I haven't established my like affection for just boards by Mo, I'm going to go by to what's accessible to me, you know? So this is an interesting question because um, a lot of people don't understand why I did this, but about a year ago, there was like a trend of this type of business starting up, right? So I was starting to see a lot of new Instagram accounts pop up, a lot of people who are DMing me saying, hey, I want to start a similar business. Like, how did you transport that? Or what supplies were you using? And I was like, okay, there are a lot of people who are wanting to do this. They don't have the right resources. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to ask. They don't know what to buy can teach them. And so I created a board business workshop that you can basically take and it tells you from start to finish how to create your own small business around charcuterie boards. So over 600 people have taken it, which is insane. There that that there's even that many companies. There's more than that obviously. Not everyone's taken it, but the fact that there's even that many that started up during this mm-hmm. pandemic is insane to me. Um but a lot of them are here in Boston and they took my course and we have a group chat and we all just like help each other out when we need it now. So I can say, Hey, like I have a wedding on this day. Can someone take this order? And I have at least like six people in this group chat that are like, yeah, I'm available or I can't do it this day or whatever it is. But being a one person or three person or whatever it is, having that community is so important. And it where I, so many people were like, why are you creating competitors? This is the strangest thing you've done. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, I can't serve all of Boston by myself. Like, if every single person came and ordered from me, what am I supposed to do? Say no to the majority of them? I'd rather refer them to another business that I know does great work and I trust them and they're good people. Um, So it's actually worked out in my favor. And I'm grateful for those classes too, because it's created this great community. Um, but also it's predominantly women led. Like these, it starts with, there are some men who do this and they're great, but like 99% are females. And I love to see it. I like, yes. Like, 
go. This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, I think it's a scary thing kind of like sharing your secrets because you don't want someone to sort of take over your, your business or surpass you in a way. But I think that you do it with such elegance where it's like more of a community yes. and, and being able to work with each other rather than against each other. And it's really beautiful that like what you've created by deciding not to gatekeep this information. And also I think you've been rewarded in a lot of other ways. I do want to talk about women in business, but before um, you recently were um, given an opportunity through Harvard Business School. I mean, I think that so much of that was likely due to not only just clearly being able to create your own business, but what you've taught and what you've been able to offer to other people in the area. Um, so tell everyone a little bit about what that opportunity is going to look like, because I think it's really, really exciting. And just like one of the many little things that can come out of chasing a dream or pursuing like a little crazy idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, this was so cool. So a about a month ago, I got an email, and I don't know about you, but I just feel like there's so much spam out there right now. Like, I yes. get the most ridiculous DMs. I'm like, oh, click this link. And I'm like, okay, like, I know you're like some bot trying to hack into my thing. Yeah. So I got this email, and I, I originally thought it was spam. And it was like, oh, uh, this is so-and-so from like Harvard Business School Publishing Department, and we heard your story. We'd love to connect. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I looked up the person who emailed me on LinkedIn, and I was like, oh, shit, that's real. Okay. And so I responded. <laughs> And I was like, okay, we'd love to chat. And so we got on a call and they tell me that there's a program called the Manage Mentor Program through Harvard Business School. And essentially it is a way to teach young leaders and young entrepreneurs things about like business strategy and value propositions and things like that. And they were like, we heard about your story through Boston Business Journal from the 40 Under 40 and we'd love to chat with you. See? I know, I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm glad I acknowledged that was real. Okay. Um, and so it was really cool. It actually happened yesterday. I got to go in. I, it was like nine in the morning and I got my hair and makeup done by their person. It oh was my a, God, they have a team that yes, does that? It was incredible. Wow. I, I know. I walked in and she was so sweet and she said that she does hair and makeup for everyone who does these types of videos and then she does commercials. And I was like, can you come live? Like she glammed yeah. me up. <laughs> I was like, um, I think the next person you'll be hiring will be her. I know. I was like, you are incredible. Um, and so we had to film like two videos yesterday where one was just talking about understanding business needs and business strategy. And then the second one was kind of walking through how this turned into what it is from just like, oh, here's a charcuterie board delivered to your door. Like how we have so many different areas of opportunity and they really wanted me to expand on the growth and all of that. So it was a really, really cool scenario. I was like, giddy in the car like I got out of it I was like holy shit that was so cool As and I was should be. freaking out and my dad was like you know my Indian dad who's <laughs> like yes you should have been going to Harvard from the beginning <laughs> he was like finally proud of me oh um, my god no I'm just kidding yeah but he's like it's about time yeah he's like this was this should have been the path um but yeah it was so cool I don't know when everything will be like finalized and ready with all the editing but they um are going to be posting it and then sending it out in their like email newsletter to over a million people which is so crazy and then I get it as well so I can use it for my own you know website that or emails or whatever so in 
incredible. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I was like, I was so grateful for that opportunity. And like, you never would have had that if you, and I mean, not only if you didn't take this leap of faith and create Boards by Mo, but if you hadn't been the selfless person that you are to want to be compassionate enough to like teach others and involve others and and help them. I mean, that's, that's not just from creating the business alone. I think it's also from like your experience of being able to mentor and provide information to others. And so it's it, it, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's all sort of serendipitous. Um, but that is so so amazing and you should be very very proud of yourself thank you that is so exciting so you'll have to keep us posted when I that's will. gonna go live officially um but back to women in business yeah so you've alluded to your husband well you haven't alluded to you've said that your husband is also an entrepreneur um my first question to you mm -hmm. would be Clearly he got a head start, right? He was doing this a little bit sooner, but have you noticed any big discrepancies in his experience as a business owner versus you as a female business owner? Oh, that is a good question. And I think we sell such different products. Mm -hmm. Like my target market is like women 28 to 44, right? That is the demographic that I typically sell to. Um, I don't know. I don't really think there's been a huge discrepancy, but he has gone through like a standard, like starting a company, raising money, talking to investors, all of that. I haven't gone down that path. And I'm so curious that if I were to be having those investor conversations um, or going down something similar like him, I wonder how different it would be. Yeah. Like just out of curiosity but in our current state like I don't think I have seen anything that has just been in my face like he has mm -hmm. this advantage or I have this advantage or anything like that it feels pretty okay. equal at the moment okay good um yeah I'd be curious to know if you got met with different objections that maybe he didn't right. you know if, if someone had additional questions mm -hmm. or just like more concerns um do you so you really don't feel like there's been any pause or hesitation with you as a woman and or, or as a woman as you're in your experience so far I don't think so and Again, I think it's because I'm not going down the same path mm -hmm. as him of fundraising and investing. I have friends, like female business owners, who are trying to do that, who mm -hmm. have come across a lot of objections. Yeah. Um, and they've told me about it. We've talked about it. It's very frustrating for them. Um, I'm just not in that situation, so I physically just haven't been there. Mm -hmm. um, but at the moment, I am grateful that no, I don't see any big differences right now. Okay. Um, I do want to ask you then because something that I find interesting and I'm, I'm glad that you haven't necessarily experienced it yet, but one of the things that I hear a lot from my girlfriends who are either entrepreneurs, business owners, or just in corporate America is there's these expectations or stigmas that they feel like they're up against. Um, and you and I had kind of spoken and um, one of the examples was that if you put up like an ask me anything on Instagram, you talk to like your followers and say, hey, what do you guys want to know? You're essentially 
you know, they could get this little business class for free, right? Over over Instagram stories, they can ask some questions and get their burning questions answered. Um, but they're saying, well, when are you going to have kids? Yes. Are you are you going to have children? And uh, my friends, I feel like, have the, the same thing. Well, what will happen when you need to take a pause? And their immediate answer is, well, what if I don't plan on taking a pause? What if kids aren't in my five-year plan, you know, or my or in my plan at all? Um, how has that been for you when it's like, hold on, I'm trying to talk about business here. Why are you interested in my womb? Okay, so luckily from a business perspective, I haven't had to have those conversations with people who are like investing or whatever. But yes, you are so right about like followers, Instagram, social media. I do the Ask Me Anythings quite frequently for engagement purposes. And so I can build a relationship with the people that follow my account. Why are you asking me if I want to have children when I am giving you an opportunity to ask questions about starting a business or at like fundamentals of small business strategy. Like, why are you asking me when my husband and I are planning to have more sex to have a child? <laughs> right. That no sense to me. I cannot understand. I cannot wrap my head around. I have never asked anyone that. It is, I, I have never asked anyone that. And I think it is so bizarre that like, not only is it being asked, but it's like by strangers on yes. the internet. Like that is so, I, I don't know. It's totally. So like weird. if it's one thing, like this is your BFF from childhood and she right. knows that you've wanted to have a kid. I think it's a reasonable question to say, hey, do you guys like what roughly What's do you the plan? Think, yeah, yeah. When do you think that's going to happen for you? But if I don't know you and <laughs> I have absolutely zero idea whether or not that's ever something you wanted, I just think we need to start talking about the fact that that's inappropriate like it's such a trigger I, I had posted this on my Instagram story a couple weeks ago and it's like you never know what if god forbid like she can't have kids I know what if she's been trying to adopt and it the, the situation hasn't worked out you know or like they were fostering and then they wanted to adopt and and, and the kid you know went back to his birth parents or whatever I mean what if the husband's infernal? Like, totally. there's so many different areas that just make it such a sensitive topic. And we make it seem like it's casual conversation or like it's the expectation. It is so strange. And in this day and age, there are so many people that are suffering from infertility issues. Like, there's so many things mm -hmm. that are happening all the time. You hear about it from everyone that people are starting to become more public about it, which I love. I do love that people are sharing their stories. They yeah. need to be able to do that. Um, but if you don't know what's going on with someone, you shouldn't just randomly ask that question. It's so strange to me. So I do get that a lot, and yeah. that is really strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure most of the time it comes from a good place. Right. Um, I And, you know, they're just genuinely curious or happy for you, or, you know, they love babies, and that's all fine and well. But I do think we just need to do a better job as women about like talking about how um, triggering that can be totally. for, for people. Um, is there anything outside of that in particular that you feel us as women could do a better job when it comes to either supporting one another or changing social norms in that sense? I think all we can do as our own person is be more cognizant of not 
engaging in those conversations. Yeah. Um, I just think it's really important to, like, if you're on the other end of it, you can so easily just say, hey, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Or, and just shut it down and make that person realize that, like, this isn't appropriate. Like, I, I don't need to have this conversation. Yeah. If I bring it up to you, great. But, like, this is not something that needs to be asked just yeah. as if this is go- going to happen. And that is the end all be all. It, it's so interesting to me that it even got to that point, I think. But, I know. Um, I think you're right. It's just become a societal norm now that especially, like, I'm 33. Mm-hmm. Like, the number of times I've gotten that question in the three years that I've been married, I'm like, does nobody care that I I just started a business? Yeah. You're just worried about you're just worried about me having a child yeah. that you don't care that I just, like, built something from scratch during the pandemic. Like, you're just worried about when I'm going to pop out a child. Yeah. I'm also so sick of the narrative of, like, once you turn 35, you you're like basically done for. <laughs> I mean, I know medically speaking, they consider it a geriatric pregnancy so if why you're 35 or older, which is so crazy to me. Apparently, you're at like all these higher risks for complications. So it's not like to call you necessarily old, but just to put it in a different like totally. risk category. But also, I mean, we're seeing women have babies at 50 years old. 100%. So I feel like we need to stop pressuring women to have babies by 35 and Ugh. let them like take their natural course in their journey. Absolutely. And there are options. You have options so to many. freeze your eggs. You can do so many things. This should be, this is the most important decision for a woman. Mm-hmm. You should do it on your timeline when you're ready, when you're at that point in your life where you feel like you can commit to that responsibility. Yeah. Not because, oh shit, I'm 33 and now I'm about to be a geriatric patient, <laughs> yeah. in the words of my doctor. Like, that's not fair. Exactly. And also, put off having to not eat soft cheeses as long as you can. I'm sorry, I run a cheese business. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is, it's gonna have to wait. The you baby's need, gonna have to wait. It's gonna have to wait. You need to taste your product. And I would be it's so curious. Control. I would be so curious to know if my husband's ever gotten that question. Oh, I doubt it. Never. I doubt Maybe it. from his like friends who are like, oh, we're ready for you guys to have kids so they can play with our kids, that's fine. But I can guarantee you there's not one person in his office, in his business, as an investor who's ever been like, so when are you planning on taking a pause because you're gonna have a child? <laughs> Never. 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 If, if you ask him when I you will. go home and he says otherwise, let me know. I will. But I feel like the odds are very, very low. He's gonna be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you even ask me that? Because um, he's right. Yeah. Like, no one thinks of, to ask that to the husband or whatever. It's so, so true. It's so true. Um, okay. Um, my last sort of question to you is, um, well, actually, I have two questions, okay. two final questions. <laughs> my first one is, outside of the possibility of failure, mm-hmm. what was your biggest fear when it came to doing this? Um, I think... I I mean, honestly, the failure part was pretty overpowering in my head. Like, I was like, okay, I'm taking a really big risk. I'm way out of my comfort zone yeah. as a Taurus. If I <laughs> did not do well in this, I like, it was going to be bad. But there was another thing that was going on at the time that I started this company, and I was 
going through a very bad place in my life with mental health. And I had been talking to my psychiatrist. I just got an antidepressant. I was really struggling like at that point. And I was so worried. Like I, I kind of pulled myself out of that hole with this company. And I was like putting all my energy and all my time into building something. So I felt like I had this purpose and I was getting better in my own head. And I was terrified that if it didn't work out, I would go back into that like yeah. mental health black hole. And I just, it could not be a place I went back to. It was a terrifying place at the time. It was affecting every aspect of my life. I was pulling away from my friends. I was pulling away from my husband because I was just bad. And I was so worried that like with the tiniest thing went wrong or didn't work out that like my mental health would be what yeah. would end up suffering. Um, and I still I still worry about that to this day. But like at the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, like if this doesn't go as planned, like I'm going to go back into this like horribly anxious, stressful, like bad spot. Um, and I think that was like overpowering me for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a lot better. And um, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Antidepressants and, and therapy do a lot of good. You yes. Like a lot of good. Literally so. say it louder for the people in the back. Um, thank you for sharing that because I know that's a very like private thing or just personal thing. Um, but I do think it's something that needs a lot more attention. Um, and it's really, I think, encouraging for people at home to know you went through it and now you get to be on the other side of it, which is really great. Um, I'm sure it's still a constant situation that you're, you know, that you get faced with. Um, But, and I do understand the risk of like, this is either going to make everything better or it could totally make this even worse, right? Like I could get so stressed out that I spiral or I could feel so fulfilled and I'll forget that I ever had a worry in the world. Totally. It was like, okay, the business, like in most situations, it's like, all right, the business either does well or it fails. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like the business either does well or it fails and then I fail, like in my own self. And yeah. it was like, it was just, ugh, it was like scary. It's like, I hate even thinking about it. But that is another stigma of like, that is, th- those are things that need to be talked about too. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So thank you again yeah. for sharing that. And I'm so glad to hear that you're doing better. Yeah. Um, my last and final question to you would be, um, If someone was at home right now and they were considering starting um, a passion project or a business of their own, not necessarily charcuterie boards, it could be anything, but um, maybe they're struggling with that of like, I don't know if I want to do this. Will this be too much to take on? Will I fail? Whatever it may be. What would be your biggest piece of advice um, to sort of encourage them to, to give it a shot? Yeah, I think one of the big things that sometimes people forget about at the beginning, they get really excited about an idea and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And everyone around them is saying like, you should do it, go for it. Do your research. Make sure whatever you're doing is something that the people around you actually want. Um, There's a lot of people just specific to charcuterie because that's what I talk about. There's a lot of people who want to start up this business in like a really small college town. And I'm like, okay, how many customers are you actually going to have? Like our products are expensive. Meat and cheeses are, it's an expensive thing to buy. Like is a college student going to be able to afford this on a regular basis so you can stay in business? Um, It's doing that like competitive intelligence, the demographic research, like understanding and making sure that what your idea is, is something that other people want not just something that you're excited about that's not to like crush anyone's dreams or anything like that but it's like put your heart and soul into it 
from the very beginning. Right. Do the work, do the research, make sure you have a business plan, make sure you have a good path forward, and then give it everything you got. And like, don't give up. You can have those thoughts. But again, like my husband says, go take a nap <laughs> and you'll be fine when you wake up and you'll have a clear head and you can yeah. work through obstacles. But, you know, put everything in from the very beginning. You know, make sure that if you're going to go in on this, like you really do your homework, do your research and do the work. Yeah. Fantastic advice. You are just so well-spoken. I feel like I've learned so much. You just have really great intel and insight. I'm so grateful for you coming on the show and sharing your wealth of knowledge with not only me, but all the listeners. Um, once again, so www. Oh my gosh, I can't. That's it. That's it. I didn't even just say the www either. Like everyone knows it's www. I'm just going to create a, a landing page, a www, and then it'll redirect to my page for everyone on this podcast. I feel like I just got nervous because I wanted to say it right. And so my my brain was or moving slower than my mouth. But boardsbymo.com, okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And that's where you can purchase any of the boards, the um, snack boxes, yep. the trays. Um, and you can also sign up to do any of those DIY tutorial classes yeah. and the um, business classes as well. Yep. Correct. It's all there. Everything you would need to know is all there. And then on Instagram, it's Boards by Mo as well. Um, honestly, even if you're like not ready to purchase right now, you don't know, just like Put it on your feed. Once you start scrolling, I'm telling you, it's so aesthetically pleasing. And then the little videos that you make, it's like, are they, is it time capsule? Is that what it's called? When it's like you put all the little pieces of the board and you see them kind of come together. I know. I've started. It's mesmerizing. I've started this new thing, like cheese dances via reels. <laughs> and so I, you know that old like milkshake song, obviously, right? Police. Um, I did like a whole like making a board to that song. So it was like timed perfectly. I spent three hours on that thing. And I was like, I swear to God, if this does not get like a million views, I am throwing the whole phone away like just toss it in the trash I spent so much time on this stupid ass content but it's so fun and it, it is, is it is fun to watch but um yeah go watch it because I yeah. spent a lot of time doing <laughs> so it. when you hit that follow button scroll until you find that okay yes the milkshake one specifically please <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and also, please keep us posted when Harvard yes. goes live because I definitely want to share that and I want people to be able to listen to that as well. And huge congratulations to you um, for everything yeah. you've accomplished so far. Thank anyway, you. to see where it goes. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Of course. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.